Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian Tian with your market view. Now, today we are going to take a break from all of that macroeconomic analysis and take a look at a topic that's perhaps closer to all of us shopping, shopping, and shopping. Well, the latest figures we have is that Singapore's retail sales grew at a slower pace of 14.8% on year back in June, with economists expecting healthy sales outlook for the rest of this year. Now, that's of course given more international events, including Formula One, in store for the next couple of months. But what are businesses feeling on the ground? How has discretionary spending been affected by the ongoing uncertainties, inflation and the rise in interest rates? And how do insiders assess the retail sector here in Singapore? And let's find out more from FJ Benjamin, which has just announced its earnings report a couple of days ago. Nash Benjamin, Group Chief Executive Officer at FJ Benjamin, joins us live. Hi, Nash. Hi, Tian Tian. How are you? Great. And some good news coming out of your company as well. Congrats. Thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Well, in case you're wondering what is the good news, here it is. Huh? FJ Benjamin Holdings reported a net profit of $3 million this year, reversing a net loss last year. And that's just very broadly. What are the reasons behind that good performance? Well, I mean, look, the year before we had COVID, shops were mm-hmm. closed, uh, you know, intermittent shopping restrictions, uh, safe distancing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we had the same repeated in July, August and September. It was only in October last year, 2021, that uh, stores began opening and the disruptions became a lot less. So with that, uh, business has been brisk. Uh, we've turned around quite strongly, and with the stores opening, that's how we were able to turn a profit. Hmm. And I do want to find out which geographical markets performed the best, and how did Singapore fare among them? Well, our best markets are in Malaysia and Indonesia right now, because uh, firstly, it's a larger market. Secondly, they do not depend on tourists as much as we depend on in Singapore. Hmm. So the tourist contribution in Malaysia and Indonesia, I would say, is less than 5%. Hmm. But uh, Singapore, we, you know, a good 30% of our revenue comes from tourist shopping. So we've seen improvements over the last few months with uh, higher arrivals of tourists and air traffic into Singapore. And I am quite uh, confident this will continue to improve over the next several months. Mm. And Nash, since you're talking about the Singapore market, I'm just going to zoom in on that. Uh, we are talking about the retail landscape here in Singapore. How has mm-hmm. discretionary spending changed over the past year amid ongoing uncertainties and the pandemic? What are some of the trends that you're seeing? For instance, are people spending more or less per receipt? Has there been a change in the types of goods they're buying perhaps? Well, we are in the mall in the lifestyle lifestyle business. We mm-hmm. don't see too much of a change. In fact, when there was a lockdown these last two years, Singaporeans were not traveling. So there was a lot of local consumption. In fact, I would say 100% local consumption. We don't see too much of a change. Uh, the shopping patterns have not really changed, uh, you know, whether online or offline. Uh, and uh, yes, we are, of course, a little concerned with inflation coming up and discuss possible discretionary spending may be reduced. But I don't think it would be very, uh, it, I don't think it would affect us to any great extent. We, of course, are aware of it. We're monitoring it carefully and we'll see how it goes. Hmm. 
And uh, so far, how have the retail sector recovered from the trough of the pandemic from what you see? Is it in line with the expectations or are you expecting a recovery faster or is it slower than what you have expected? Well, in Malaysia and Singapore, mm. it's ahead of what we expected, really. Mm. It's really moved up very strongly because of strong domestic uh, uh, expenditure. In Singapore, it's moved too, but as I said, not as much as we would like it to. We're still waiting and depending on larger tourist uh, arrivals. Mm. Uh, when you're saying that it's not moving as fast as you hope to, you hope to see more tourist arrival. How much faster are you expecting previously, actually? Well, I mean, you know, we in some cases, we have exceeded our pre-COVID numbers, for mm. example, even with local consumption. So we're not very far off. Uh, I think uh, the authorities in Singapore and Changi Airport are really opening up fast. Mm. I think we will see a lot of arrivals coming in. I mean, you know, F1 is coming mm-hmm. soon. We're going to have a lot of conventions. I mean, there's several big concerts coming up. So we're going to see we're going to see movements of people from the region coming to Singapore again. Besides, you know, international tourists from Europe and the U.S. Of course, we have nobody, no real Chinese uh, uh, tourists coming mm. right now. The market has been closed, but it's basically ASEAN travelers, travelers from Australia. And of course, business travellers who are coming through. Hmm. In the meantime, I understand FJ Benjamin has reviewed the group's regional retail footprint. You closed 21 stores that underperformed and opened seven right. new ones. So tell us right. more about that reshuffle and also what are the reasons behind that? How would that better position your company for the longer term? Okay, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's in the line of our business to open and close stores over a period of time. Mm. Some malls perform better over a period of time, some do not. So we, we, we look at this and make these adjustments. I mean, of the stores we've closed, 21 stores, we only closed one store in Singapore. Mm. The rest were in Indonesia and Malaysia. And again, you know, again, it's we look very carefully at the uh, rental percentage we pay as rent as a percentage to turnover. And if these ratios are not comfortable, you know, we, we will not renew leases. So landlords are a lot more accommodating. They understand the situation and they were working with us, which is a good sign. But at times they are mm. difficult and, you know, then unfortunately we got a part race. <laughs> mm. I see. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Nash Benjamin, Group Chief Executive Officer of FJ Benjamin. Um, Nash, going forward, we continue to see lots of global headwinds. We have Singapore's inflation hitting 14-year mm-hmm. high in July. Elsewhere, we are seeing interest rates going up with Fed signaling more rate hikes. As a retailer with a significant presence in Singapore, have you seen these developments affecting spending for the past two months at least? Uh, not really. We haven't seen any decline. Just to put it in right context, Singapore is our smallest space of business. We only operate 13 stores in Singapore. Mm. Whereas in Indonesia, we operate just under 90 stores and in Malaysia, under 50. Mm. So our exposure here is not very great. We don't see, we don't see a change in spending and spending and, or rather in disposable income. And the same in Indonesia and Malaysia. Mm. I'm not saying this will not come. I mean, you know, with higher inflation costs, cost of goods, gasoline, etc., you are going to see. You are going to see. I believe some disposable income uh, expenditure being reduced, 
but we will monitor it and uh, we will manage it as we always do. Mm. And uh, Nash, I'm looking at your website right now. You have several luxury fashion brands and all that also. And there's this saying going on that ultra-rich is fueling the sales of luxury brands despite inflation and that luxury consumers, they are immune to inflation. Do you agree with that? Totally. I mean, during COVID, for example, the mm. high luxury brands, high end fine jewelry, fine watches, they mm. had an amazing two years. Their business, in some cases, even doubled. And of course, you know, high net worth consumers could not travel. So what did they do? They shopped in Singapore. Hmm. So you're right. I don't think high interest rates are going to affect the ultra ultra wealthy. Uh, If anything, they would be making more money. You know, it's an unfortunate thing when you have a situation like this. The wealthier get wealthier, and the less uh, uh, the other other group of consumers feel the pinch. Mm. And what is your assessment of Singapore's retail sector in the meantime, and also Malaysia and Indonesia, since you have businesses there? I, in Singapore, I think we have a reasonably healthy sector. Um, mm. Yes, uh, there's been a lot of reshuffling and a lot of closures and realignment of stores. Uh, the F&B has been hit quite badly, uh, you know, with the closure of COVID. Quite a few had to close down because they could not handle the situation financially. But you know what? It's all coming together again. The, the, the stronger companies will do better. And we have a very interesting uh, uh, thing in Singapore with with entrepreneurs. I mean, they never say die. They try and they keep on Mm. going. We've got the spirit in Singapore. In Indonesia and Malaysia, I still see very strong consumer expenditure spending. Uh, Malaysia, for example, we, we have stores, you know, all the way up from Penang to the East Coast to East Malaysia, Johor. Mm. And, uh, you know, you, you, you see the, the consumption still growing. Uh, same in Indonesia. In Indonesia, for example, we have stores in seven cities which we own and operate. But we have a much larger online business there because, you know, you can't have stores in every single corner of the country. And Indonesia is such a large country, too. So we have a higher percentage of uh, sales online than we do in Singapore and Malaysia, and that is growing. So, you know, these are things, the different nuances in the different countries we look at. And at the end of the day, our job really is to give that consumer, the consumer, what they want, the goods they want in the Mm. channel they wish to purchase it. Mm, So it seems like the retail scene is pretty buoyant in Singapore, Malaysia and Indonesia so far. How do you see FJ Benjamin faring for the second half of this year? Okay, before I get to that, Mm. I wouldn't say it's very buoyant. Mm -hmm. We feel it for our business, we feel it's working well. Mm. There could be some other businesses which are not doing so well. But in large, I think we've got very fine-tuned entrepreneurs mm. here who know what they're doing. And, you know, they, 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 they've done well over the years and they will make the adjustments. I mean, the government has helped us. Landlords have helped us during the two COVID years in rental rebates and subsidies for keeping jobs. So we've managed. Uh, going forward, I, 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 I see uh, a growth. 
Uh, however, we always have to be aware the world is not in a very good place. There's a mm. war in Europe. There is geopolitical issues. So we have to be aware we're a small little dot in Asia, in Singapore, especially Singapore, uh, with really only small domestic markets. So we've got to be careful, especially here. In the other markets, I am less concerned because costs are lower than they are in Singapore. Mm. You've got a larger consumption market than you do down here. Mm. So given all of that global headwinds and uncertainties, what is FJ Benjamin doing to counter, mitigate or to hedge against all the risks? Well, what we have to do is we watch our sales daily. Mm. And that's very, very important because we look at the sales trend. And then, you know, it's immediate. When you when you have a drop in business in Singapore, in anywhere in any markets we operated, you see it in all the shopping malls. So we watch our sales very carefully. The other very important thing is to watch our costs. And, of course, our inventory. Because when you have a, you know, a pileup of inventory, you have to clear it. And that costs you because you have to lower your margins. So these are things we watch very carefully and Mm. we adjust as we go along. Mm. And finally, um, Nash, before we let you go, anything that investors uh, should know about FG Benjamin right now? Well, we've been around for many, many years. The company has been operating for almost 60 years. Uh, We are basically a company which delivers, you know, uh, lifestyle, luxury goods, timepieces. We're looking at developing uh, some new business formats going forward, which will attract a different market segment and uh, a consumer. So we're looking and making certain changes. You know, we've entered into the health and wellness uh, and skincare uh, business with skincare products, which mm. we've never had before. So, as I said, our job really is to be, you know, we're a, we're a, we're a, we're a company which deals with consumers and we've mm. got to give them what they're looking for. So if we feel we can distribute or retail a brand or product which is in demand, we will move in that direction. Mm. I think wellness and health is going to be important. Even post-COVID, consumers have become very aware of hygiene, of Mm. uh, looking after themselves. And, you know, they will put more money there where they never did before. Mm. Mm, Certainly. Thank you very much, Nash. That was Nash Benjamin, Group Chief Executive Officer at FG Benjamin. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.